Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're so excited to have you here. It is also Memorial Day mm-hmm. as of when we are uploading this podcast episode. And so we have a very special episode planned for you guys today. And I'm really excited. Maddie and I love, love talking about American history and the amazing men and women who have fought and died for our country and just making sure that we remember them, especially on this day. Mm-hmm. It is so important that we remember their lives. The sacrifice that they made for our country and um, just how great America truly is. I mean, we yeah. cannot talk enough of how great our country is and why that is because so many people do not know the reason for why we have been blessed, why we have the longest lasting government of all countries in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just so amazing to look at these things and to examine these things. And I know that some people may come to episodes like this and be like, oh, I don't really like like history that much. It's not my forte. It's not my favorite thing ever, but I am really hoping that you'll stick with us because I think these are things that are so important. This is not like your normal school type history lesson here where it's boring and you are just listening so that you can pass the test. It is amazing things to know about our founding and we're excited to get into it. So Maddie, catch us up on some of the things that are happening. So we actually created a Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Lily really isn't a big fan of Spotify. Yeah. I use Spotify a little bit more, but at the same time, you know, I don't pay for premium or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I'm one of the peasants who has to put up with ads (laughs) and different things. Anyway, we created a Spotify playlist and it is awesome. It's got all of our favorite worship songs in it and lots of the songs that have meant a lot just to our ministry, to Mm -hmm. our Bible study group, songs that we have sang and songs that we have listened to in times of trial and tribulation. (laughs) And it is just an amazing playlist. It's like three hours long. Mm -hmm. So you'll have new songs to listen to for quite a while. And we and, plan to continue to add some yes. as we continue to listen yeah. to more and new ones come out and stuff like that too. So it'll be perfect for your Bible study time if you like listening to worship music while you are mm-hmm. reading scripture or praying. And it'll be great for driving to work or to school. So it's called POV. You're having the best worship session. We will put a link to it in the description of this episode or you can just go straight to Spotify and mm-hmm. look up the title of that playlist. We're super excited for you guys to listen to it and to get to enjoy it. Make sure to like it on Spotify so that Mm -hmm. we know that you're listening. And yeah, that is a very exciting thing that we're happy to have up and running now. We're plugging away on the blog as usual. New blog posts go up every Thursday. All right, Maddie, let's get to this amazing episode. Let's talk all about America and patriotism and the amazing heroes that have fought and died for this country and our freedom. And I think it is very appropriate to start off with a story from the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. And this is a story that I just recently read. I have been going through and I recommend this book to literally everyone. You need to read this. I feel like any new book that I read, I'm like, y'all, you need to go pick up Mm -hmm. this book, but it's so good. It's 
titled The American Story, and it's by David and Tim Barton, and oh my goodness, y'all. I am so excited about this book because literally I am such a history, what do you call me, Maddie? Guru. guru. Nerd. I don't think I'm a guru, but I'm definitely a nerd when it comes to history and American history specifically. So I was just reading about this guy named Samuel Whitmore, and it's a story that is in this book, The American Story. I just love this. It's so amazing because this shows the dedication and the American, just the American character and our exceptionalism that we carry through our veins. Okay. Like literally Mm -hmm. it's in each one of us as Americans. And I think we're losing a lot of that, which we'll get into, but this story is just so amazing. So I'm going to read it straight from the book because I cannot tell y'all the story any better than they wrote it. But again, this is the American story, and this is the story of Samuel Whitmore. The story goes, one of the American defenders that day was 80-year-old. Now, this is talking about the Battle of Lexington. Um, So, this is just when the Revolutionary War is getting started, Mm -hmm. and we are in a lot of turmoil. We're not sure if we can win this thing, right? We're going up against the world's greatest military superpowers of that day, and just crazy stuff's going on, okay? So, one of the American defenders that day was 80-year-old Captain Samuel Whitmore. He had been a soldier for nearly two decades, but had retired from that profession. However, upon learning of the British actions, he gathered the sword he earned fighting the French in 1745, the two pistols he gained fighting the French in 1763, and his musket. He then fearlessly went out to meet the British. Elderly Samuel took up a location by himself behind a low stone wall, and as a squad of five soldiers approached, he quickly stood up and promptly shot one with his musket, another with his pistol, then a third with his other pistol. By then, the British were at point-blank range and shot Samuel in the face. When he fell to the ground, they struck him on the head with the butt of a musket and bayoneted him 13 times before leaving him to die. Four hours later, as local townsmen were picking up the American dead, They found Sam lying in a pool of blood, trying to reload his musket. They carried him to a doctor who pronounced his case hopeless, declaring he would be dead shortly. The family implored the doctor to treat him anyway, so he did what he could before sending Sam home to be surrounded by his family as he died. But to the surprise of all, Sam did not die. He fully recovered. He had terrible scars but lived another 18 years, carrying to his grave the marks from the wounds he received while fighting for American independence. In 1878, a marble tablet erected near the location where he met the British carried the inscription, Near this spot, Samuel Whitmore, then 80 years old, killed three British soldiers April 19, 1775. He was shot, bayoneted, beaten, and left for dead, but recovered and lived to be 98 years of age. Samuel Whitmore is reflective of the committed character of many Americans at that time. What a tremendous story. I mean, how amazing is this guy, y'all? And I think that this really, this should inspire us. This should inspire us as Americans. And there are countless other stories that we could read, that we could tell y'all about of fearless American men and women who have given their lives Mm -hmm. for our freedom and sacrificed all that they had, their time, their effort, trained. I mean, all this stuff that they've done for us, for our freedom, for our safety as Americans. And I think that we've really lost that gratitude and that Mm -hmm. feeling of American exceptionalism that we used to have and that used to be so prominent in the lives of Americans. 
And it was something that brought us together. It was something that we all had a sense of, I'm committed to my country. This is something that I'm willing to fight for. This is something that is worth giving everything for because of how amazing it is. And Maddie, I want you to share a little bit about why it's so amazing. Because if we don't know why, then why would we fight for it? Why would we give our lives for it? Why are men and women every single day signing up to be a part of the military, a part of the U.S. military, and giving their lives and and time and their whole entire lives to serve and protect us? Well, I think the reason that we have been so blessed to have such tremendous stories Mm. of victory and sheer miraculous events, Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly, because he like totally shouldn't have lived through that. Like there's no way. And also, may I state that back in the 1700s and back in that time period, it was normal to only live to like 60 years Mm -hmm. old in good health just because they had, you know, bad water and pretty messed up living conditions and different things like that. And Mm -hmm. he gets shot in the face, bayoneted 13 times and hit on the head with the butt of a rifle and lives to be over 90 years old. Like that's just crazy little side note there. So I think that the main reason we were especially victorious in the Revolutionary War, because like Lily said, you know, we were going up against the world's superpower at Mm -hmm. this time in terms of, you know, their Navy was the best the world had ever seen. And they had like three times more troops than we had who were militarily trained and who you know, they had proper ranks and yeah, and they were specifically trained to put this kind of thing down. And here we are like a whole bunch of farmers Mm -hmm. and pastors and store owners and stuff. And we end up winning. Like that's just crazy. And so the main reason for that is because as we're always saying, our founders prioritized their personal relationships with Jesus so much more than anyone Mm -hmm. had before in terms of creating this new country, becoming independent from this overlord. And I think that that's just such a powerful thing. This is why we've been successful in everything that we've done. And I think one of the main reasons that we are beginning to decline now, which is extremely sad to say, but it's because we haven't honored God in anything that we've done for Mm -hmm. the past, you know, like 10 years probably. Mm -hmm. And we have completely cut him out of our education system. Half our churches aren't even talking about the actual gospel. We read a statistic the other day that said, which we're going to do another episode about this, but I just wanted to mention it really quickly because I think that this is very telling in terms of why we have kind of lost our American exceptionalism. Over 80 percent mm-hmm. of American pastors do not have a biblical worldview anymore. Statistics show. How is that? I don't How even know, but also children and youth pastors, over 60 percent mm-hmm. of those people in leadership in our churches do not have a biblical worldview. And I think that that is just so impactful in terms of our country's success Mm -hmm. in like even our pastors don't have a biblical worldview. And over the past couple years, you know, we have been talking about how politics and Christianity are meant to mix. They're supposed to be 
like hand in glove mm-hmm. together. Our yeah. foundation is supposed to be Christianity and then we are supposed to be involved in politics. You know, politics and religion mix so well. And this is why we have been successful over the past, mm-hmm. you know, over 200 years. Yeah. And why we've had one constitution over that time, why our government has been predominantly successful until this last little bit. Anyway, I think that it's just so powerful to look back on these things and see how many pastors were actually mm-hmm. fighting yeah. for the Revolutionary War, were a part of the Continental Congress, mm-hmm. were standing up for these beliefs, were signers of the Declaration, all these different things. And nowadays, I have not heard a political, air quotes, political sermon in years and years and years. I mean, yeah. literally, I haven't heard any. Well, except from David Barton, whom we just heard at a church near us. Politics and religion are almost one when you look at it because like our whole founding and our founding documents and the constitution and the declaration and the bill of rights and everything that we have, every single document that we have that the founders wrote is inherently biblical. Mm -hmm. And it is based off of scripture. And that's the one thing that I think he brought up in his political sermon that, you know, apparently we can't preach things like this anymore, but why not? Why not? Because we're saying to politics, hey, don't come in the church. Don't get us involved. We don't want to be involved. We Mm -hmm. don't want to do anything or say anything. And these political leaders who don't care about Christianity, who want to dismantle religion in our country, who want to totally get rid of all of these things are saying, whatever, we're going to get involved in the churches. We're Mm going to get involved in these schools and these children's lives. And we're going to teach them these things because if you won't get involved, we will. They want to be involved. They are after being involved. Like, that's their main goal here. And as the church, we're saying, we're backing up and saying, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you go ahead. You do it. You know, we don't, we don't want to be in the schools. We don't want to teach anything. Well, we're under this <sighs> illusion that it's just going to stay separate if right. we don't want to get involved. But I mean, like Lily said, they're going after churches Mm -hmm. specifically. And if they can get the churches to back down on different specifically biblical issues, then there's all hope is lost. All (laughs) hope is lost. I mean, if you look at the statistics for how many churches do not stand up against like abortion laws Mm -hmm. and gun laws and different things like that, I mean, it's crazy. And this is why they've gotten away with so much. And I know this sounds like we're just, you know, pounding away at the church. But, I mean, truly, this is why we have lost American exceptionalism Mm -hmm. in our country. Because there were so many pastors and so many elders in churches who were willing to preach from the pulpit why we were right in going Mm -hmm. to war with the British Mm -hmm. and breaking away because the king was not our God and he could not tell us everything that we needed to do without any sort of explanation. Mm -hmm. And it was just inherently wrong. But now we have just lost that passion for the truth. And this has come from these worldly ideologies that tell us that every person can have their own truth Mm -hmm. and every person can believe whatever they want to believe. And we're never going to judge you. We're never going to challenge you. And I mean, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago in terms of critical thinking and compassion and whether we can have both. But 
it is so important for us to look at both of those things, critical thinking and compassion, mm-hmm. and to mix them together and challenge people on their beliefs while still loving them and not necessarily kicking them out of our churches if they don't believe the exact same thing that we do or anything like that. That's not what we're calling for. But I think that if more pastors, more elders, more church leadership would stand up for this kind of thing, I think that we could come to a real crossroads in Mm -hmm. our country. And especially with the government getting way more involved in education, which it was never supposed to be like that ever in the first place. But with the government getting so involved in education and all these different things, I mean, literally, Lily showed our mom and I a video of this school in Iowa inviting drag queens Mm -hmm. to come and perform a literal stripper for performance these, for these middle school students yeah and then give a presentation afterward about why mm-hmm. being a drag queen is so incredible and why practically selling yourself is just great mm-hmm. like what in the world i feel like i've said that like three times but i mean that's been my constant state of emotion for the past couple mm-hmm. weeks because i think that if we like why don't we talk about that kind of thing in youth mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. with these middle schoolers who are having to put up with this crap. Yeah, like, this agenda that's it's unbelievable. being pushed on them every single exactly. day. And yet the church, like, doesn't think to combat this. Mm-hmm. But then we're so shocked when so many more people in our youth groups are saying that they're gay or bi or right, right. transgender. And I don't know. I think it's time for us to stop being shocked by all this stuff because mm-hmm. it's our fault. Yeah. And to stand up and actually come against this stuff with what we know is the truth. Mm-hmm. Exactly how the founding fathers did during the Revolutionary War and before they looked at scripture for absolutely everything they did. Yeah. Everything. And the Constitution is just filled. It's practically like reading the Bible, for goodness sake. There's so much scripture in the Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence, Mm -hmm. in their letters that they wrote that have been preserved that we are able to read now. Just hearing how they were listening to the Holy Spirit and really seeking truth in these times. And it took them almost, I think, 13 years Mm -hmm. to actually go to war with the British. So, it's not, I hate it when people believe that, you know, we just went to war, like, right away just because of taxation without representation. That is totally not the case, but Mm -hmm. that will be another episode because we don't have time today. But I think that it's just so important for us to, first of all, really be focusing on scripture and Mm -hmm. in prayer for our country. I actually... (laughs) little story time here. So, I was in this group of teenage girls one time, and I wasn't necessarily friends with any of them. It was just kind of a group that was getting together, and it was actually election night, and Mm -hmm. y'all know I wore my Trump merch (laughs) all day on election night, and, you know, I was just going all out, and the person who was leading our group asked, well, like, how many of you actually pray for the country and stuff? Because all of us girls were, like, you know, super anxious, not knowing what was going to happen, and, I mean, all of us were checking the polls, like, every five minutes to see if, you know, this state had been won and this state had been won, and I remember me being the only person who raised my hand when she asked if we prayed for our country and stuff, and then she was like, okay, so, like, why do you pray for our country? And I was like, because I know that prayer can make a difference, Mm -hmm. and, 
prayer is powerful in these things and I can't vote yet, which is very, very depressing. Actually, Lily has just started voting. Guys, if I you, voted. If you follow <laughs> us on Instagram, you would have seen that. So I just kind of was talking about how prayer makes a difference in these things and mm-hmm. how I'm like genuinely concerned for the fate of our country. Yeah. And I remember there was one girl sitting like directly across from me on the other side of the room and she was like well maddie like i'm not trying to criticize you or anything but like don't you think that that's just living in fear (laughs) and i was like oh my goodness what on earth what on earth yeah and i was like no uh that's just called being an active participant in my country and being concerned for whether we're going to be communists for the next four years or not And everyone was, like, totally shocked by that and stuff. But I just, it's because we haven't educated them in Mm. churches. I mean, that whole night, that was the only discussion that we had about the election. Mm. And that was because it was student-led. And we were all checking the polls every five minutes and, you know, calling out, like, oh, well, this person just won Pennsylvania. This person just won, you know, Nebraska. I don't know. That was the only reason that we got into that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then right after she made that comment and I did my, like, defense argument, I guess. Yeah, my rebuttal. That was it. And we never talked about it ever again Mm -hmm. for the rest of the night. And I think that that's just so sad because all of us were sitting there filled with anxiety and filled with so much fear of the unknown. You know, we're looking for how this thing's going to go. And I just think that it was sad that that wasn't something that we discussed that night because that is something that all of us were kind of afraid to mm-hmm. see happen. We were afraid to see it what happened deal. happen. <laughs> yeah. And it affected every single one of us. And yeah. it's affecting us even more today with mm-hmm. inflation and ridiculous laws being passed and stuff. And so I think that we need to be like the founding fathers and we need to really step up. We need to be the Samuel Whitmores who will go by ourselves mm-hmm. at you know 60 years old or 80, 80 yeah. years old and go and fight and be reloading our musket when we're laying there ready to die. I just think that that's such a powerful story and such a great example for us today because we've become so cowardly in our faith, in our political views, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, they mix. Our our faith and our political views are inherently connected, Mm -hmm. and there's no way around that. Well, isn't that interesting that she would say that that is fear, to pray for your country, that you're living in fear, but if you know, you're not standing up in these areas and you're not defending our God-given rights, Mm -hmm. then you're more scared of what, you know, Joe Biden wants to do to our country and his power that he supposedly has rather than God's power and what he said Mm -hmm. we have because he's given it to us. He's given us our rights. And that's what our founders believed. And so they weren't scared of Britain. They weren't scared of the world's largest military superpower because they feared God more than they did Britain Mm -hmm. because they knew that God had given them these rights and that they needed to stand firm and protect those rights. And we've lost that in America today. We've lost that. And I think that that's because we do not know our rights. We don't preach it from the pulpit on Sunday. I mean, most churches, I will I will definitely give credit where credit is due. We have so many amazing Christian men and leaders and pastors who are talking about these Mm -hmm. things and who are defending our rights and who are standing 
standing up and saying, this is not right. This is evil and this is sin and we have to do something about it because we are Christians. This is what we do. We're not like the world. We're not supposed to fit in. We're not supposed to look at you know, these things that are happening politically and just be like, hey, I'm not getting involved. That's not my problem. That's not my area of expertise. So, I'm just not going to get involved. That's not the way that God intended it to be. And if someone says that to you, I want you to remember this. It's interesting that Maddie brought up, you know, the founding fathers and how many were pastors and how many pastors really led the way in the revolution and how many defended our rights and really did things that mattered and stood strong. And one of those men who has been coined the father of civil liberty now, okay, that is literally what people call him. Um, His name's Jonathan Mayhew, I think Mm -hmm. is how you say it. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that one. But in 1750, he preached the sermon, which he titled Concerning Unlimited Submission. And he reminded his listeners in that sermon and his readers once the sermon was eventually published that rebellion against tyrants could be both biblical and just. Mm -hmm. That's what he, his whole title was, or his whole sermon was about. And then his sermon ended up forming the basis of an early motto of the American Revolution, which was rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Yeah. Which ultimately became Thomas Jefferson's personal motto. How Mm -hmm. cool is that? And I think that that's really what we should be promoting now, right? That's what we should be preaching now. I love how he's like preached that in 1750. Yeah. And the war didn't take place till the 1770s. Yeah. And so he was looking ahead at these things. He was Mm -hmm. paying attention to what was going on in the political realm, in the world around him, which the church has been neglecting Mm. recently. You know, Mm -hmm. we've kept our heads in the sand because it's scary. But I think that's so powerful that, you know, 20 years before we even think about fighting against Britain, like he's already preaching sermons like that Mm -hmm. and, you know, forming the way Thomas Jefferson is thinking. Right. And that's just one man. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just one man. And these men like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Adams and these amazing guys, John Witherspoon, he was a reverend too. And I love him. He's amazing. Um, He had his whole entire library and house burned down. Which, first, can we take a moment of silence for a library being burnt down? Like, think of how brutal the British were. My goodness. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> but this is how so many of those men were functioning, mm-hmm. right? This They're preaching sermons like this long before the revolution ever took place. And this formed our founders' view. This founded their worldview and how they wrote our founding documents and all of these amazing things. And this is why, let's get back to Memorial Day yeah. present, okay? Because okay. Maddie and I can talk in the 1700s time frame. 200 years ago. <laughs> we got it that. current. Okay. Um, but I think that that's why so many men and women are willing to die today. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a lot of us who have never been in that place before, who have never signed the dotted line, which states that you would give your life for your country if it came down to it, that you are willing to make that sacrifice for freedom and for the citizens of the United States, your fellow countrymen. We're not in that place right now, Mm -hmm. so many of us. So it's hard for us, I think, to get our heads in a place of what if I had to do that? What if I, not if I had to, but what if I was in that place? Would I, right? Would I make that choice? Because so many of our men and women who are in the military, who are giving their lives and sacrificing every single day, they're not being forced. 
They yeah. are giving it willingly. Mm-hmm. And they are amazing, courageous patriots who are willing to give their lives for their country because of what we've been founded upon. And I'm not saying that there aren't some people that may not understand when they sign the dotted line exactly why we've been so successful in America of that it really comes down to these Christian principles that our founders had, but they know that America is different. Mm -hmm. They know that there is something great and exceptional about our country, unlike any other country in the world. There's just something different here, and they're willing to protect that even if they don't know exactly why. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. That even if you don't know exactly why, and so many of us don't know these stories of Samuel Whitmore and Jonathan Mayhew and John Witherspoon, and we don't know these stories that are so impactful about our founding and the things that our founder, I mean, almost every single founder, and if you if you pick up the American story, like literally I'm going to put a link to the book because this is how much I love the book and I believe in David Barton and what he's doing, and I just think it's amazing, and you guys need to check him out. You need to check Rick Green out. You need to check Kirk Cameron out. These guys who are leading our time, our generation, Mm -hmm. um, towards freedom and really promoting these things that our founders were promoting in the 1700s now. You need to check them out and you need to become a part of those things because, guys, we're going to lose this country. It's it, So many people think that it's going to be just this quick, you know, we're going to die and it's all going to be over. Yeah. And I really don't think it is. Hmm. I really don't think it is. I think it's going to be a very slow decay and we're going to decline and continue declining and the left is going to introduce these ideologies to our children and the next generation. And they are our next presidents. They are our next congressmen. They are our next um, pastors, pastors, church leaders, our representatives, our next business owners and school teachers. And like, guys, this matters. All of these kids who are being brought up with this leftist agenda being taught to them, these drag queens coming into middle schools, y'all, that's not even the worst of it. And it is here, I said this a couple episodes ago um, in our Compassion and Critical Thinking episode, it's here in our little small town, okay? It is here where we live in Ohio, rural Ohio, guys. We live in the middle of nowhere. And these things are infiltrating our schools, our Mm -hmm. small town schools, these kids' minds that, you know, like they go to a school where, you know, you have 300 kids. Like this is insane. And it's coming here. It's not just in the big cities anymore. We have friends who go to public school Mm -hmm. and who whose families are conservative, Republicans, whatever you want to say. And still, because they are around this stuff every single day, like we'll just be talking about stuff and they'll Mm -hmm. be like, well, but don't you think like yeah? Don't you think this, this is okay or that or don't you think that abortion would be okay if you know the girl was raped or something or you know different things like that? And it's like things I, that are I almost pray right over you, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and that is how they're winning is mm-hmm. that they get us to believe that things are almost right. Mm-hmm. And I and think that I that's heard, just so sad. Yeah, it is. And I heard this quote the other day. I totally forget who it was by. Sorry, I've got to wrap up. I'm going on and on. Guys, see, we can talk about this stuff like all day long, but somebody said that any good lie has some truth in it. Mm -hmm. I forget who said that, but isn't that so accurate? Mm -hmm. In our world today, we have so many lies and these leftists that are pushing this stuff and it's right in our faces and it's so wrong, okay? It's so wrong. It's a lie. It's a blatant lie, but any good lie has some truth in it. 
And so that's why even these Christian conservative kids that we know that we're friends with, that um, we're talking with and we agree on almost everything. And I'm not saying that we're all right. Okay. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying when I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm really trying to base my opinions and my thoughts on God's truth, on the Bible and what he says in scripture, we agree on 98% of the things that we talk about politically, biblically, whatever it is. But there are some things that are almost right, but they're still wrong. Mm -hmm. They're still wrong. So many Christians today who don't recognize almost wrong, they don't recognize these lies because they don't know scripture and they don't know what's absolutely right and they don't have these gut reactions for moral clarity. And it just makes me so disheartened to see this happening in our country, in the U.S., and especially after reading this book that I've been t- talking about this whole entire time, <laughs> um, The American Story, after reading that, you just realize how much we've declined in our mm-hmm. country and just how much we've gone from these amazing men and women who gave their all for our country and even still today are giving their lives for our country while we're, you know, over here taking down statues and burning the flag and protesting all of this crazy stuff and bringing drag queens into middle schools. God bless our military men and women who are giving their lives, who are sacrificing for that to be able to go on, for us to have the freedom to, not for us, but you get what I'm saying, for BLM and all these crazy, you know. To defend uh, even them. Right. Who can go out there in New York City and protest and graffiti walls and, you know, whatever else they're doing. Um, I'm serious. It's wow. ridiculous. And yeah. we need to get back to the truth. There's one truth, and it's God's truth that we have to stand firm for. Okay. So, we're gone a little bit long this time. <laughs> we're going to wrap up soon. <laughs> Lily and I both said before we sat down to record, we need to make this shorter because we're going to be camping this weekend for yeah. Memorial Day, you know, kicking off the camping season. So, we don't have very much time to edit. And now this Here is twice as long as usual. <laughs> anyway, I want to leave you with this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 3.17. I'm going to read the original King James Version because mm. we like it better. So good. It says... Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Mm-hmm. Normally we would hear it, there's freedom, but yeah. I like liberty so much better because that is everything that our country has stood for, liberty against tyranny. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love this verse because it talks about where the spirit of the Lord is, mm-hmm. there is liberty. And I think that that just speaks so profoundly to where we were as a country in the 1700s during the revolutionary war during world war ii during all these huge events that have taken place in our country we have turned to the spirit of the lord i actually just wrote a blog post about this uh which you should go read and i love that verse because where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and no matter your circumstances whether the founding fathers had fought for our freedom or not. If we dwell in the spirit of the Lord, if we go where he is, we bring him into our lives, into our homes, into our churches, into our schools, Mm. every area of our life, there is liberty. I'm going to wrap up in prayer, so please pray with us. Lord, I just thank you for this day and for this episode and for this incredible Memorial Day. We just thank you so much for our country and for the people who have sacrificed so much to let us live in freedom and in comfort and have helped us to be the greatest 
country on the face of the earth. We just thank you so much for them and for everything that they're willing to do for us. I pray that you would just help us as American citizens to really fight for our country right where we are with school board elections and with county elections, state elections, all these different things that we can participate in. I pray that you would just help us to become active in the political realm of our country and that we would realize that Christianity and politics do in fact mix. They have to mix if we want to have a successful country and I pray that you would just continue to guide us and protect us, help us to seek you in your spirit and help us to find liberty in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Please be, especially if you're listening to this episode on Memorial Day when we upload it, please be remembering our amazing heroes who have given their lives for our country. Pray for those who are in active service, who are currently serving our country. They are making sacrifices every single day, leaving their families, deployment. I mean, they're giving their time and effort and entire lives to serve us, to protect us, to keep Mm -hmm. us safe. And so, we um, just want to send a huge thank you to all of those in active service now for serving our country and keeping us safe. Truly, it is amazing what y'all do, and we thank you so much for it. Alrighty, y'all, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye, guys. (laughs) 